People say that they lack confidence and it really is just they're stuck in fear. You don't allow yourself to suck in the beginning. So then you tell yourself that like, God, I can't do this. I'm just not good at this. Well, girl, you never will if you stay where you are, which is one of the reasons why this podcast was born. So we could push you outside of your comfort zone because the comfort zone is the thing you think is comfortable and it keeps you safe. But it's really the thing that's keeping you living in that lack of confidence. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Edward Copeland. Yes. Have a question for you. Uh Uh-oh. Have you ever felt like you're not good enough? Of course. Absolutely. When? I think that, God, there's times in our long history of being married that there's times where I didn't feel like I was good enough. I think that there are times... Like not a good enough husband? Yeah. Like I didn't think that I was enough, that I could do enough, that I was all the superficial things and all of the deep things. There were times where you you just, your confidence wavers. Mm, You went deep with that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) When do I not go deep with things? Well, hey, well, I can tell you, I don't know if mine's any, any more shallow, but I feel like a good portion of my life has been spent feeling like I'm not good enough. Like I didn't finish college. Uh So I felt like I wasn't like academics weren't like my big thing. Right. I felt like I grew up without enough Mm. money, enough time, enough attention, enough of a lot, like in a place of lack, I would say. And I think that that has definitely affected how I show up like as an adult. Right. I wanted to be more than enough as a wife, more than enough as a mom. So the things that I could control, I wanted to excel in. And I think that's definitely shaped how I have become the person I am today. What's interesting is that You've said this before, like you felt like you've never been in the in crowd. Like oh, you've yeah. always been like the the outside person looking in, which is always interesting to me because I never see you as right. that. Well, so I grew up in a neighborhood that was lots of different colors and races. And I wasn't like people think I'm Mexican or Puerto Rican, especially when my hair is curly, but I'm not. I don't mm-hmm. speak Spanish. So right. it wasn't like I could hang out with them. Mm. Uh, if my hair is curly, people are like, oh, she's mixed. She's black. I'm not black enough to be in the black crowd. Mm-hmm. I'm not white enough to hang with the white people. I don't mm. relate a lot. Right. So I always felt like displaced. And I always felt like, okay, well, I'm not quite Filipino enough to be in the Filipino culture club, right? (laughs) I mean, was that a thing? (laughs) Well, heck yeah. So, and my sister Jessica knows what this feels like because when we tell people we're Filipino, people literally that are Filipino are like, no, you're not. Where were we? We were in a damn Uber. So (laughs) we were were in uh, San Diego at a conference and we got an Uber. And the guy was Filipino. I don't know how it came up. I was trying to make friendly conversation like I do with every damn buddy. And I said, oh, I'm Filipino. He looks at me in the rear view and he says, no, you ain't. 
I'm, wow. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, he said, and I, I was said, like, yes, I yes, do. Yes, she is. <laughs> says, so, like, you know, <laughs> my own people don't even accept me. Says Ancestry.com, right. 100%. Have you ever heard of that, sir? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was difficult. I mean, wow. like, in junior high school, the Samoan guy that I liked couldn't like me back because mm-hmm. I wasn't a Samoan girl, mm. right? And turns out my ancestry says that I am Samoan right. now, so maybe we could have and hooked no one's up. I don't believe know that either, right? So <laughs> yeah, I definitely have this feeling of like, wow, I wasn't ever really accepted, right? Wow. You then know, when the- I went to high school, it was like a socioeconomic thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I went to a high school. My mom wanted me to go to a better high school, so I go to this school where they filmed Beverly Hills 90210 and I didn't fit in. I remember a lot of the kids like when they turned 16 their parents would come and put brand new sports cars in the parking lot and at like lunchtime they'd walk out and freak out because on their 16th birthday they had a big brand new sports car with a bow and I'm like yeah well I can't be like her. And so I didn't definitely felt like You went felt to like like the outsider. 90210 school, didn't you? I just said that. Are you yeah. listening to me? Are we doing a podcast <laughs> together? Know. Jesus. I don't know why I missed Ladies, that. Ladies, do your husbands listen to you? Because I think I, you just tuned me out. That was one small piece. On- Let's see. Because we're only on episode eight. Let's just see <laughs> if people also notice that you're not paying attention to me. I am paying me. attention to you. but Because I, I was also thinking about the fact that but that has also been a huge driver for you oh, as 100%. it has for me. So sorry, I missed the, the 90210 reference because I was thinking like, but that has been because I know that for me, it was very similar. But even in my adult life, not graduating from college and then being in a competitive corporate environment, I felt that I needed to even the score with reading a ton of books and really developing myself because I didn't want to feel like. Those individuals that were smarter Mm -hmm. because they went to school. I was like, damn it, I'm going to read every single book under the planet so that I can even the score. But I watch you and I watch you operate. And I think that that has been a driver. You wouldn't change it. Oh, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change any of the things that I've gone through. But it's taken me 41 years to realize that all of these things have happened for me, not to me. Right. And so I guess this whole episode could be about feeling like you're not good enough. right? Right. And all of our insecurities, we could blast all over the <laughs> the sound waves of iTunes. But I think that where I want to go with this conversation is I wanted to share that and open that up with our listeners so that you can understand that people you think have this exceptional amount of confidence. It's like something that they've had to develop. Right. This is not something people are born with. And I know that people look at me the 41-year-old Janelle and say like, God, if I could just be an ounce of, if I could have an ounce of your confidence, our students say it all the time. I'm like, listen, you just have to move forward in becoming the person you want to be. So I've just been in practice. Do you feel like your development with your confidence based on your background was like not survival, but was necessary in order for you like we did the episode on how we ruined our kids. 1,000% they're ruined because they don't know how to survive. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Jordan's listening. She's probably definitely got something to say about that. She might be one of the only ones, but because <laughs> she's scrappy like right. me. She is very much like me and she's very resourceful and she'll find a way. And I think she's a natural born like entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But 100%, I've been scrappy. It's been a survival thing. And so... All of the things that have happened for me 
I definitely wouldn't change. Right. I didn't always feel that way. But I think it's one of those things where you get into a place where you have to build this confidence. You have to build this kind of self-awareness and understanding of who you are because you're not being accepted from all these different areas and different parties and social economics and all these different things that play a part that you learn more about yourself and you learn that what it's going to take for you to succeed in this life. And it has to be something that you build inside, which I think you've done a really good job. And I think that even for me, like my confidence has like come from the fact that I went from living in an inner city in Inglewood to moving to Temple City, where it was extremely white neighborhood. And I was like one of the only black kids. And because I didn't feel like I was accepted, I went full force in my athletics. Aren't there a lot of Asians in Temple City? Now there is, but not at that time. I was like, dang, because then you had to be like the economics of the white folks. And then you had to be really smart like the Asian kids. Right. But I just. Total stereotypes, by the way. But I didn't even even try. Like I had one friend in like junior high school. And then like in high school, I had, then my my circle got bigger, but it was because of sports. Mm. And so. I look at how those things narrow your focus and you build confidence because you have to like you want to survive from a standpoint of just accepting yourself. Yeah, I think confidence is something that like as a mother of three daughters, if you guys have kids when they are toddlers, they are so full of confidence, like they'll sing at the top of their lungs. They'll take selfies with you. They pose like crazy if they're girls. They twirl around in their tutus. They don't have a problem going to the grocery store in their Halloween costumes in the (laughs) middle of July. And then there's something that clicks, I'd say, usually around fifth grade. Mm -hmm. Fifth grade for my girls is when I saw each of them go through fifth grade. And I remember Jordan comes home one day and she's like, I don't really like pink. I'm like, what? (laughs) Your entire wardrobe, your bedroom, your bedding, everything's pink. What do you mean? And I was convinced that someone told her that pink was a stupid color, right? And I remember that with Jasmine, I remember that not so much with Kayla, but I remember watching their innocence just go from like zero to it's gone now. Like It's the first time you see them insecure. Right. It's the first time you see them not being their authentic self. Like they're as a kid, you are just yourself. You don't know no other way place to other type of place person to be is yourself. Well, it's the first time that the outside world influences how they view themselves. Right. Which is super key and important for you to notice. Like when do you think that your confidence shifted? Like as a kid, I don't remember as a kid, like if I was super confident and then it went away. When mine, I remember. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. I remember like it was yesterday. What? Uh, it I definitely was, was not. I if was you were like a kid. fifth grade, mm-hmm. very similar story. And I had a girlfriend. And fifth grade? She, yeah, I had a girlfriend. Her name was Denise. Okay, shout out to Denise. Shout out to Denise. Don't remember her last name, but she broke up with me because another boy came to school and he had a fresh haircut. My hair was not cut at the time. Mm. Maybe this is just the narrative that I created for myself. But she broke up with me. And that was the first time I felt like, was I not cute enough? Mm. Right. And I remember writing her this crazy ass letter with crayons. What? Talking about how evil the person she was. She You're was psycho. Going to date. This is the first I, I heard of this. I remember writing it in red crayon. 
So, okay, the moral of this story is that when someone challenges your worthiness or your worth, then you turn psycho crazy on them. Is that what we're learning from this? No, I didn't turn psycho crazy, but I remember writing that you letter. You wrote her a letter uh, of rage, uh, rage in a red crayon. Yeah. I don't want to receive that. Yeah. Huh? I wouldn't want to receive that. <laughs> but that's what happened. And then my confidence was just shot. By a fifth grader. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, good thing you overcame that. So <laughs> just barely. Let's talk about what things you think people lack confidence. Like what areas do people struggle with the most when it comes to confidence? Yeah. So I think people struggle with physically what they feel like, what they look like. Definitely. Uh, Definitely huge for women. Absolutely. Uh, socially, like. Sometimes interacting with people, people don't feel confident that they're liked or that people like them in the first place. Yeah. Um, they have a Con- tough time connecting because they have a lack of confidence socially. For sure. So Jordan was telling me the other day about one of the kids at her school kind of crying about like people not accepting her, people not liking her. And she was sharing all these narratives that this kid has developed. And Jordan's like, sis, let me clean your glasses. Like, <laughs> Uh, what are you looking at? Like, how right. it, how did you even come up with this ridiculousness, right? So I started laughing when she shared the story because I thought, that is so good. Sis, let me clean your glasses. <laughs> so the one thing I want... You're not it clearly. <laughs> right. The one thing I want to, like, impart onto our listeners is a lot of times when people are lacking confidence, it's some bullshit story that you are convincing right. yourself of. And we've had so many students do this with us, right? right? Well, people don't see me. They don't really notice me. They don't They don't pay attention to me. I'm like, oh, wait. So you're the woman who's been in the same class who chooses to sit in the back of the room, who chooses to not be seen, but yet you're crying about people not seeing you, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm not mean about it, but... I want to be real with you. If you are that woman listening to this podcast, feeling like no one ever sees you, your voice is not heard, no one's paying attention to you, I want to ask you to lovingly, I want to push you to lovingly take some responsibility and just clean your glasses and say, do I sit in the back? Right. Am I not really interacting with people? Am I making this a socially awkward experience for people to interact with me? Because if that's the case, then you got to own that, right? Yeah. It was so crazy is when we lack confidence and we've all done this before, we perpetuate it and we manifest that feeling. So if you just like you just described, if you lack confidence, you don't want to be seen because you don't want to be seen because your confidence is so low and your self-conscious can't even handle that. Right. And so I think that is so important, too, that. Lack of confidence manifests itself in behavior that produces even less confidence because you give yourself no opportunity to show yourself anything differently. Love it. So we've talked about physical. We've talked about social interactions. And intellectually, I think that's a big one. Mm. I think I have gone through that before where when people have graduated from college and they've done all these things and they've had these great accolades. You feel less than, not enough. Yeah, and so you say, I gotta make, I gotta close that gap, right? So intellectually, I think it's a big one. Do you think that's an ego thing for guys where it's like, well, now I'm gonna come correct with some really great conversation and I'm gonna talk about, that's my man voice. That's your man voice. And I'm gonna talk (laughs) about things that show how important and smart I am. It's definitely an ego thing. Right. Absolutely, because- you don't want to feel less than. And then if you have a kind of an alpha male, whatever that may mean type of mentality, then you are trying to find a way to lead. 
Yeah, I think women can see that a lot. Like when men are interacting, when someone feels like inferior or something, mm-hmm. you see them kind of step up and it's just this awkward Yeah, then you get like this unnecessary uh, intellectual like, yeah. conversation where people are talking like this and they're trying to be really And I think <laughs> women just retreat. Uh, so like, yeah. like, let's go back to physical. If you're around a, a woman who's really beautiful, super hot, and you're feeling kind of intimidated or not enough, you're just going to retreat. Mm. Like you'll make yourself small. You'll kind of hang out in the background. You mm. won't really say a lot if you're lacking confidence, right? Yeah. Cause it's hard to compete with someone who's so beautiful. So it's just interesting how men and women attack this differently. Right. And I think the last one is like status and credibility. Mm. Like, I think that that is a confidence. Like I don't have enough credibility. I don't have enough. I'm not in the circle. You're not back in the cool your, kids club. Right. Back to your example. I'm not, I, I don't have the status with the social influence yeah. of people around me. So I just don't fit in here. Yeah. I think that's a big one. Yeah. So I want to talk to you a little bit about this article I saw a while back and it's from entrepreneur.com. And it says 10 things confident people don't do. (laughs) And I'm just going to roll through these really quick because I think we're fast forwarding now 30 years from our childhood. And I would say that we possess most of these. Right. So confident people don't make excuses. Mm. I think if you were to survey our children, they would let you know that like mom and dad are just not going to be down for any sort of excuses. We just exercise massive ownership in everything. Right. And so uh, I thought that was a really good one. Number two, they just don't quit. Right. I think that comes from our survival mindset or mentality that quitting was just not an option. Right. So although I lacked the confidence, the drive in me to persevere was greater and it overshadowed the fact that I didn't know what I was doing or I didn't feel super confident. And then I kind of just got lucky along the way because I was willing to be resilient. I was willing to look foolish. I was willing to not have all the answers. And I think so many times people say that they lack confidence and it really is just, well, they're stuck in fear. But really what happens is it holds you back to where you don't get to show up for a rehearsal. You don't allow yourself to suck in the beginning. Right. So then you tell yourself that like, God, I can't do this because I'm just not good at this. I don't have confidence with this. Well, girl, you never will if you stay where you are, which is one of the reasons why this podcast was born, right? So we could push you outside of your comfort zone because the comfort zone is the thing you think is comfortable and it keeps you safe, but it's really the thing that's keeping you living in that lack of confidence. Yeah, I think that speaks to, and I think we we read this book a while ago and it helped us with our parenting is the the growth mindset, like Mm. praising your kids for hard work. It's far more beneficial and keeps their confidence intact than praising them for being smart. Right. Because when you praise them for being smart, those moments where they don't know, they don't know what to do. Right. And, and so then, then they, they lose the confidence. And then they lose the confidence. And then because they don't have the backing or the encouragement to work hard, they don't go back to working hard and trying to figure it out. So they think that you should automatically have the answer. Yeah. And I think that is where people really fall into it. And I think that that is what a lot of adults go through because they see, and we're going to talk about this in another podcast, they see the comparison thing going. And Mm -hmm. so they see a finished product and they go, I'm not there yet. So I'm just not good enough. Right. Okay. Uh, Number three, powerful for me, they don't wait for permission to act. 
Mm. I definitely don't need anyone's permission. Like mm. I don't need sure don't. to feel validated. <laughs> I don't need for you to be on my team. I don't yeah. I'm like used to being a lone ranger. So that I think is like a perceived confidence, but really it's just survival for me. Right. And I think that's the important message to this podcast is like people you see that are just ultra confident. I think it, it's been born out of a necessity for mm. me for sure. So not waiting for permission to act like I would just tell you, there is no one person that goes around and like ordains you as an expert or, (laughs) you you know, know, hey, guess what? You could be great today. Yeah. That thing that you've been wanting to do, girl, do it. It's okay. Like the world will accept it today. (laughs) No one's going to come and save you. Right. So acting as though you don't need permission, just. But, you know, some people are listening to that right there and they're not actually thinking really hearing that like they are say right it again now for the people in the back huh you want me to say it again for the people in the back right well i think they really need to understand this like right now people are sitting on ideas they're sitting on business ideas they're sitting on all kinds of things because they're waiting for someone to knock on the door and say hey it's your turn we've been waiting long enough okay well, so this we gotta is have what, what you've been sitting on this is i think the difference like a lot of people say like well can i should I? Am I capable of it? And I think I just say, well, why wouldn't I? <laughs> Somebody I'm, else is going to do Somebody it. Somebody else is going to beat me. So why wouldn't yeah. I? Why wouldn't I yeah. partake in that? Why wouldn't I be able to be a part of that? It's the audacity that Janelle Copeland has. I, I'm, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Okay, number four, they don't seek attention. That kind of goes back to me like permission. Permission right. and attention are the same thing. Like I'm waiting for someone to come for me. I definitely don't need to do anything for the attention of other people. Significance is not really a big thing for me, but contributing to like one person's life to know that if we share our story and it drastically or dramatically impacts someone's life, like I'm all in. But I want to challenge that a little bit because I think like we all feel it sometimes that we need to be affirmed, right? You do something. I need to be affirmed by you. Oh yeah. Your opinion matters to me. Absolutely. My children's opinion matters to me. But how do you differ? And I don't know this because I think that this is a, an important question for people to differentiate. Like, how do you know when you're doing something really special that you want people to receive? And in order for that to be in by definition successful, it must be some type of way affirmed that it is a value that people actually like it. So if you put a product out there, if you put yourself out there and you don't hear anything and no response and there's no feedback, then that feeling of, I put something out there and no one paid attention. Yeah, I get the really validation. Be de- devastating. Well, for also you go out of business. Like, let's be real. <laughs> yeah. You want to start a bakery yeah. or you want to be a photographer. Or you want to do something and you put your shit out there and no one buys it. Then you just have a terrible business. Right. So there is right. a certain amount of affirmation that you need to know that you're on the right track. Right. Absolutely. That's called like monitoring your business metric. I wanted to make sure that the people listening here is there's a difference between putting something out of value and then getting feedback that it's received versus doing something just to be noticed. I want an indicator that I'm on the right track, of course. Right. right? right. But that's, but that I think that's two me, different things. Well, that leads me into number five, according to entrepreneur.com, <laughs> which is they don't need constant praise. Right. So yes, you want the indicators saying that you're on the right track. Everybody needs those. That's how you operate a business or mm-hmm. do anything to achieve success. You have to look at the the indicators. 
But also, like, I don't need constant praise. I just need to know that I'm impacting the people that I'm trying to get to. Yeah. And I think I'm getting much, much better at that. I don't need a lot of recognition except from my wife and my children. But outside of that, I don't need a lot of recognition. But I think for a long time, that was important to me because as I look back and as the therapy of this podcast has presented to me, is a whopping that, eight episodes in. Yeah, that I like as a kid, I think my mom did a really good job of showering me with praise mm-hmm. when I did something good. And so not getting that as an adult sometimes could feel mm. a little empty. And then you feel like, well, if I'm not getting praise, that means I'm not doing something good. See, ladies, this is the thing. You could completely ruin your son. Like you just give them all the, oh, he's a mama's boy. Oh, he does this and this. And he's so special. You're destroying the chances <laughs> of him having a healthy relationship one day with any woman. I'm just telling you. So thank you, Kathy, my mother-in-law. Are you calling me damaged? <laughs> You're damaged. That she gave you too much love. fifth time I was oh, God, uh, stop put it. on blast on the No, podcast. I love my mother-in-law and we have a great relationship. And she did the best she could with you and she oh, did a great God. job. No, I'm kidding. No, No, I love her. Okay, so next thing, number six, they don't put things off. Mm. I definitely think you would agree that I'm a big action taker. Mm -hmm. Just because, again, like I just I have to be in action. I feel like if I throw enough things against the wall, then something's bound to happen. And I usually just get lucky. Yeah, and I think that that... I'm just a trier. Well, I think that that is so important because confidence speaks to capability And capability speaks directly to behaviors and people that put things off, they often put it off and they will say, oh, I'm procrastinator or I'm hesitating. But really, you're lacking confidence and you're lacking in confidence because you don't think you're capable. Mm -hmm. And then when you don't think you're capable, you don't do what capable people do. You don't take action. For example, if I feel like I'm smart and I have confidence that I'm smart then it's possibly that I do what smart people do. Mm. I may read, I may take classes, and that basically fulfills that understanding about myself. But I think that that is a huge thing. So if you're out there right now and you're saying, oh, I'm just a procrastinator, you really want to maybe self-reflect on that because you may not be a procrastinator. You just may be lacking confidence on whatever you're trying to go after. Oh, I thought you were saying you might just be lazy. You may be just lazy as (laughs) shit. No. (laughs) But no, but you may be struggling with confidence you need to face that head on because I usually think when you procrastinators don't do that, are putting stuff off right. for like you're hiding behind something. Are you hiding behind perfection? You're hiding behind fear. You're just not taking action for something. You could be hiding behind comfort. Right. That's a whole nother. But, you know, I heard this best one say perfectionism can only be done when you actually ship something, when you actually create something, you put it out in the world. Right. Because you can't say oh, it's perfect, but nobody sees it for sure. Number seven, they don't pass judgment. That's I, a big one. Well, I mean, I don't. I'm good at that. I'm just I'm, I'm bad at a lot of things, but I don't pass judgment on anything. No, I think we're very good at that. <laughs> I think that is going to come into play when we talk about comparison next, because yeah. comparison, you know, they say is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think it comes from the fact that you're judging people and then you're judging what they have or how they look. And right. it's making you feel bad about yourself. So definitely stay away from judgment. Confident people do not, number eight, they don't avoid conflict. I think we've talked about this in a previous episode. I love conflict. You do. Not like I want to fight. Let's be Mm -hmm. clear. Help me with that. But I'm like, when something's difficult or not working, I'm all about, hey, can we talk about this? Right. 
And maybe in the beginning of our marriage, that was like strong for you. Mm -hmm. But I was like, okay, listen, uh, if we act like this isn't happening, this is going to continue to happen. So can we just like face this head on? Let's figure out how this is going to work out. And then we can move past this and we can work on another problem. Right. So I, I definitely would agree that confident people do not avoid conflict. In, but in, I also think re- healthy relationships should never avoid conflict. Right. You should just work that shit out. But I, if we were to reverse engineer that, I think that the avoidance of conflict. So costly. It's costly. But I think when you reverse engineer that, it's because there's a fear of loss. Right. And I, what I mean by that is if we have this conflict, I'm going to lose something that I may not feel like I have confidence in in the first place, whether it be a relationship, whether it be my position in this relationship, whatever that may be, if you reverse engineer that, it is something you think you're going to lose. You're going to lose respect from someone. You're going to lose something. You so, might just lose a fight. You may, you may mean, lose a fight, right? Whatever that is. But if you're having a tough time going through that, because I know that in our past, I'm so revealing. I'm so vulnerable in this, oh on these God. podcasts. Spit uh, it out. I, like conflict is not my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know for me if it's confidence or it's just not practicing conflict a lot. Because if I'm on the streets and there's a stranger, I don't have any problem with conflict, mm-hmm. right? Well, now you sound like you pick fights I with don't. random people. I don't people. pick fights with anyone. I'm calm, cool, Typical and collected. Typical thug. You know, oh my God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and we will tell the story one day where we almost, the entire family got hit and Janelle slapped somebody's car. No, um, actually, <laughs> I did slap it and you kicked it. They almost <laughs> ran over our children. So we got a little ghetto with that. Um, but no, I think if you want to reverse engineer that, if you're struggling with conflict, it is probably because you, at the end of the day, you think something's going to be lost or you're going to lose something. Agree. Love, maybe. You done? I'm done. Okay. <laughs> More things that confident people don't do. They don't let a lack of resources get in their way. So mm. you guys have heard the story. We lost our jobs. We filed bankruptcy, the house, all the stuff. And then it was like, oh, this might be a good idea to start a business. Good time to start a business. So I will definitely tell you, I've shared many times that a lack of resources is not really a thing. It's a lack of resourcefulness. Yeah. And this is from two people that grew up with very little that had to stretch pennies and make things work. Sell Um, newspapers. It's definitely resourcefulness, right? Because I I mean, I had to work two jobs through high school and all through my young adult life. And you just make it work. So I don't think that confident people let a lack of resources get in their way. I think they redirect that energy and turn it into resourcefulness. When I hear that, my brain immediately says, I think confident people see resources in things that other people who are not confident don't see. So what I will say about about that is a confident person sees everything that they have and they go, I can use this. I could probably make this happen. And this is something Janelle does. I think rich people do that too, No, Yeah, but Janelle does this. She'll see like cloth, beads, something else over here and go, oh, I could make something. Oh, that's an outfit. (laughs) That's an outfit. Yeah. Right. Where other people may just see, oh, that's trash or that's, oh, that's just a thing. It's not going to be used for anything. But I think what confidence does is it sparks your imagination that you can do things with the most random objects. And so when you think about how the business was started, you used whatever you had and you created something from nothing. Mm That speaks to confidence. But I think with people that are listening to this right now that, that struggle with confidence, they are not seeing the resources that are actually there. 
See, but I'm going to stop you right there because that sounds like some wealthy people shit. Like, you know, looking at things and like, oh, that looks like money to me. I didn't come from that. I think what it is, is it was the scrappiness again. Like Mm -hmm. you see a bunch of stuff just sitting around. You better make something with that. Like you've got to be resourceful. Mm -hmm. And that's very different than like they say, you know, if you took all the money away from the wealthiest people in the world, it wouldn't be very long before they got it back because they know how to make money. I think it was from me just like having to be in survival mode and having to be scrappy and having to support myself and having to find a way I developed resourcefulness. You're absolutely right. You developed it. But I also believe you believed in yourself enough that whatever little you had, you could do something with. I don't think so. And I don't want people to be confused like, oh, this broad's doing a thing on confidence and she has a ton of confidence. I want to be very clear that I didn't have confidence, like especially in my earlier like 20s. I just had survival. Like I had to find I and make like a way. I feel like you had more courage. Are you trying to tell me what I had? Because you keep telling me what the hell I have. And I'm trying to explain to you. No, I'm, I'm hearing you. But what I'm saying you're is. You're hearing is, me, but you are not hearing me, really. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is yes, you, you're absolutely right. Like you may not have had confidence, but I think you had enough courage to get to confidence. Okay, courage, yes. But it was out of survival like i had to there was no like you don't tell a lion hey be courageous like your ass has got to go out and hunt that's just what it is right right you don't teach a lion how to be courageous it just Mm -hmm. has to go hunt right that's it god why do i feel like you just don't get me (laughs) (laughs) jesus christ oh my god okay so this is a lesson that people see you differently than you see yourself (laughs) Yeah, because you keep telling me I'm, I'm giving you all, all this the... damn praise and you're sitting there saying, yeah, but, I, no, I don't want that one. I want this, this one. But this defeats the purpose <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> I don't want people to be like, yeah, she's confident. She's got a podcast. She's got no, this. No, no. No, I'm trying to paint a picture of, I really think all of you out there listening, if you just put your little butts in motion, if you just put one yeah. foot in front of the next, if you just are okay with sucking, if you are just okay with not attaching what failure may mean to you or the fact that it may make you feel like less than and then you're going to have less than before you started the hard scary thing i think that if you just put one freaking foot in front of the next and you acted and behaved like you were being hunted you would accomplish amazing stuff yeah that's what i think i agree I could just drop this podcast mic right now. And I love that because I think that now you, you got gave, me all worked up. You gave yourself an opportunity to gain confidence by doing exactly what you just said, putting one foot in front of the another. And I don't think people give themselves an opportunity to gain confidence. And I want to do a whole nother podcast on like, just be okay with sucking. Yeah. Like nobody's really watching your ass anyways. No one's watching your every move. No one's waiting for you to fail. No one's really going to destroy you with like one silly Yelp review. Mm -hmm. No one's really going to ruin your life. If one person doesn't like what you do, so what? There are 7.4 billion people on the planet The one guy didn't give you the time of day. Who cares? Move on. There's lots of other guys. The one job you wanted, you didn't get it. Guess what? God said, not yet. Not this one. There's something better in store for you. The one, I don't know, shit. (laughs) I I could go on and on. Right, right. But it's like there are more than one option. There is more than one option. And that's what keeps people stuck. You meet so many people that go, oh, I couldn't do that. 
Like you went on television. Which is a damn lie. There's no way I could have gone on television. Oh, there's yes, no way I could do a they podcast. They have open casting calls all the time. They also yeah. have courses that help you. You have there's a damn podcast right now on the Push Podcast about building confidence, there you right? Go. So if you suck at something, there is something to help you get better mm-hmm. at it. But I'm telling you, friends, you got to put one foot in front of the next. The last thing that people who have confidence don't do is they don't get comfortable. They don't mm-hmm. get too comfortable. I can't say that I do that all the time right. because I think definitely people can fall victim to their comfort zones. And there have been times in our lives where we haven't been the most driven. We mm-hmm. haven't been sowing the seed when it was time. We haven't been. And during those times, we didn't get to reap the harvest either. Right. right? right. And so I think life has taught us that if you don't get up and sow the seed, mm-hmm. guess what? You don't reap the benefits. You don't, get you don't reap fruits. the harvest. Right. Yeah. So those are some things that we wanted to share with you. And friend, if you're feeling like you are not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not attractive enough, successful enough, worthy enough, fun enough, outgoing enough, it's a damn lie. <laughs> it just is. It is. A, it is a lie. And and I will tell you what we have just talked about this on this podcast and, and what Danielle just described and some of the things that I described too. confidence, I think, is built around your habits and your habits of doing certain behaviors. Right. Whether it's putting one foot in front of the other or practicing different things like I think we're constantly practicing certain behaviors, whether that be speaking to each other, working with our students and, and that practice, that consistent, intentional practice builds a tremendous amount of confidence that I can build on this. And I can do other things that may be hard. I can do other things. And as long as I work hard at it and as long as I practice, then the confidence to do even more is going to be definitely there. Yeah. So our two younger daughters, our middle daughter and our youngest daughter, they're both in drama, theater, performing arts. And the thing is, is you have to develop a lot of confidence if you want to be in theater. Right. right? So you learn a script. You have Mm -hmm. to have enough balls to like get up on a stage and do the best that you can to deliver a performance. And then you get cut basically because you're compared to other people. If you make the cut, then maybe you move on to second auditions, right? Right. But so we've had to really coach and pour into our children about, hey, listen, no one will be in the audience clapping for your little ass if Mm -hmm. you don't get up and show up for rehearsal. If you don't get up, and actually just show up for the audition. You never know if you're going to make it to the rehearsal if you don't get up to go to the audition. And you'll never, ever get the audience standing ovation if you don't start with the freaking audition, (laughs) right? And so like, we're going to talk about this over and over because it's the Push Podcast. And so this should be a message today That helps you really question the bullshit stories you're telling yourself about lacking confidence and just ask yourself, because I'm telling you, friends, our kids are old enough for me to say this with 100% certainty. They will not listen to you. They will do exactly what you show them. Mm -hmm. So for all you parents out there listening that are hoping to raise these strong, confident kids, they're going to look at you one day and say, well, you weren't confident. Right. You didn't do this. You were always talking about being scared. You didn't chase your dreams. don't think they don't know because confidence is something you feel like you, oh, you yes. feel it and you see it in people. It's an aura. You know, when you meet someone really confident, it's the way they shake your hand. It's the way they look in your eyes. It's the way that they approach things. And you don't have to even know what confidence is, but you know when you see it. Right. 
So start your kids off little, like while they're little, if you have a three-year-old, a four-year-old, and you go sit down at, I don't know, Red Robin for burgers tonight, I want you to make your kids order their own damn food. Yeah, It starts with something that simple where they learn how to speak up. They learn how to communicate with adults. They learn how to advocate for themselves. They learn how to be seen and not just sit back mm. because someone's going to do things. Can you say things. that again? They learn how to be seen. Yeah, like... When they go to the doctor, who does the talking? Oh, yeah. I don't. My kids are going to tell. I'll look at them and say, tell the doctor what's wrong with you. Yep. And they have to articulate what their symptoms are. Mm. But those are things that if you do those with your small children, they will develop tons of confidence. Right. Because you're teaching them how to put one foot in front of the next and how to show up for themselves. Right. So I hope this message served you. I feel like we could go on and on about this. This We're going to do a part two of this. Well, this has been a lifelong journey for us as parents to make sure that we are instilling the proper amount of confidence in our daughters. Yeah. And I'll just say this. Keep practicing. And walking the talk. Yeah. If you struggle with something that you're not confident in, practice it. If you struggle with social interactions, practice like meeting new people, like practice it in a mirror, practice how you're going to look in their eyes, practice with whoever Some it is. Some people want to vomit right now with you. Right. Telling I know, them but I'm just this. saying like, I just know like the times that I had to do public speaking events and the things that I had to, if I have to speak in front of a team, I practice and rehearse that thing in my head over and over and over and over again. The first five or 10 minutes is already like visualized in my head and it just takes practice. And so we often say we're not good at things that we don't even work on. Yeah, you're just not showing up for rehearsal. So pretend you're a drama student yeah. and just like eyes on the prize. What are you trying to do? What are you lacking confidence in? And then make a commitment that you're going to one, show up for the damn audition. Show up. Just one foot in front of the next because you never know you might get a call back. If you get a call back, then guess what? You're in the show and now you just got to show up for rehearsal. Have a great day, friends. I hope this served you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through